Hey, Michael. Hey, Scott. I th- we hey, did sell Scott. our office, yeah. So. When did that happen? <laughs> I, we sold it two months ago, and now I regret it. Why? Why's that? Well, let's get into this week's article, and I can probably talk <laughs> about all the reasons why. Today's article, we're going back. Oh, wait. Let me read our introduction, too. Hello and welcome. We are all the sons of CPAs. <sighs> no, this isn't a five-minute thing. <sighs> okay, all right. Sons of CPAs bonus episode where Michael Lee and Scott Scarano discuss some choice topics about running their modern accounting firms. I don't think that's the description I always use, but let's go into it. We are going back to our Carbon articles. This week on Carbon Magazine is the three infrastructure pillars you need to successfully run a remote or hybrid accounting team in the show notes. I, I have a remote team. The first line on here is you can't expect to successfully run a remote accounting team without giving it proper thought. I think I gave it proper thought, but I didn't think through my <laughs> mindset on working remotely. Yeah, so, define proper, right? Define proper. You're a remote team, always have been, but you do have a place to go, right? You do have an office. Yeah, well, I I'm the odd one in the company where I don't like working from home, so I rent a private office to go to. It's just me in, in the private office and a co-working space. My other reconciled employees come here and work with me. They all work from home. We offer to rent them an office if they don't want to work from home or if they want a co-working space to go to on the occasion. That's their decision. Yeah, well, this is kind of where I'm at. I don't like working from home, and it's not because I don't like being at home. I can't switch it on, really. Right now, it's like I can't switch the work mode on when I'm at home. Exactly, exactly. If you do have a physical office and everybody working, and you decide it's just time to go remote, I, I, I don't know what other reasons you would have at this point because you may have already done that with COVID or experimenting with hybrid. And hybrid's a great way to lean into this. If you do have an office, but you wanna think about, well, maybe we can't go fully remote, but we can do things from anywhere, anytime. And then it leaves the office to be more or less a choice, right? Well, yeah, it's funny. Most of the people that say we can't go fully remote, I often find that answer is coming from the owners preferences Mm. and not a real can't it's more of a i don't want to go 100 percent remote or i don't want to have to put in the necessary accountability in order to treat everybody equally and to to make sure that everyone has the tools they need to work so this is this article is great because it kind of talks about hey if you're going to go hybrid or fully remote here's some of the minimum things you're going to need in the three structures, physical infrastructure, tech infrastructure, and support infrastructure. And you're gonna need these in a remote environment or a hybrid environment because your remote employees, um, especially, are gonna be missing some of these things. And you're gonna have to think through how to deliver these things in a remote environment. Yeah, and you don't want your employees to have a different experience if they're maybe not in your state and you do have an office because a lot of firms are going that route. It's hard to hire right now. So 
let's find somebody in North Dakota that wants to work for us, right? And then how does that person in North Dakota feel welcome and feel part of the team? And exactly. So yeah, and and here's a reality, something that this article is not going to talk about, but is a reality of of hybrid models. In a hybrid model where you have a lot of people working in person and remotely or both, or maybe 50-50, where your leaders are matters because out of sight, out of mind is a rule of thumb. And the employees that come to the office every day, naturally speaking, you're going to build a closer relationship with them faster because they're physically around you. And you're going to get those impromptu opportunities faster to go out for a drink, out for coffee, whatever, that you can't do with those remote employees. So when the promotion time comes, who's going to come top of mind, of course? The in-person employees. So if you're going to do a hiring model, equity and how you're going to develop people and treat them fairly is really important because you don't want your remote employees to feel left out, like you just said, or to feel like they're getting the plan B or the second class experience of your firm as opposed to the employees in person. Yeah, filling in those gaps and making sure that everybody's getting that whole 360 view all the time is hard. And so let's talk about some of these infrastructures to have in place to to kind of make sure the gaps are being filled with somebody that might not be in person all the time. So physical infrastructure, this is more or less the staples of what your employees are going to need regardless if they're working at their house or at the office. Yeah, besides the basic list of desk, chair, headset, monitor, mouse, keyboard, laptop, I like that they started with a work environment. Don't assume all of your employees' homes are a comfortable or even remotely a practical space to work at. If they've got little kids running around all day long, if the kids aren't in school or are not school age yet, if they've got a lot of animals, if they have a spouse that's at home all the time and doesn't tend to dress professionally all day while they're there <laughs> at home, if they've got a loud house or a loud neighborhood, that work environment's really important. And we assume, we make a big assumptions about our, empl- our, our employees' home and life, and you can't. So you got to dig into that. And the way we figured that out for at Reconciled, especially for new candidates, is In our interview process, we specifically ask about how have they set up their home environment for success for remote work? Do they have a separate room? Do they have a a curtained off area of the house? Do they have their own basement or garage? Will there be dogs or cats or animals or children or other adults walking by while they're on working? Will there be any kind of distraction? Those are all the things. And so that work environment, I'm glad it started there. It is a really important thing to, to think. Some great observations I've made is they can turn in a closet, right? This was this was something early on I saw. They, you know, a closet that's not being used is now their office, and it doesn't have to be a huge office, but it is a place they can go. And you see a lot of housewives that use their closet as their as their solace time, right? They go in there, they use their phone, or they'll go, you know, drink their wine in their closet and have their alone time. Well, some people go in their closet to work, you know, and they're like. <laughs> Coming out of the closet. So most most men's solace time is on the toilet. That's what I'm That is true. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can figure out a way to get a laptop toilet 
right? Just a way to kind of <laughs> ease it in, ease it in when you're going. You, you don't have to use your phone while you're in there. You can actually get get on the laptop. laptop no, toilet. no pun intended. Ease yeah. it in. No pun intended. <laughs> well, that this would be easing it out, but let's go to text <laughs> infrastructure, right? So the next the next pillar that they that they are um, referring to is is a tech infrastructure, and I think this is this is where we falsely thought we could just go remote because everything works anywhere. And that's not necessarily always going to be the case, right? But this is hugely important when somebody's saying we can't go remote because we have this server or we have this or we can't communicate well. These are the things to consider. And the biggest one is going to be your tech communication, right? Right. And for many account, like you said, many accounting firms, I'm surprised that this isn't listed there. Many accounting firms are still working off of a server network environment. And so when they're in an office, they can do that because Microsoft Outlook and Microsoft Server all works fine. When they come off of to a cloud-based environment, they do have to think through the intentionality around this. Are they going to go pure cloud? Are they going to use G Suite or, or the Microsoft tools or what tools? Some of the video communication resources here. But also, you have to be aware if your employee's internet at home is fast enough, yeah. especially for remote employees. With a lot of people working from home now, the neighborhood's bandwidth, if they're on a cable internet, is being bombarded during the day with video calling. So even if your employee's paying for a certain amount of speed, they may not get that at certain times of the day because of the, because of the whole network in their neighborhood is being used up by work from home people, homeschooling people, other kinds of video and high bandwidth needs. You may have employees who they want to work from home, they're even set up, but they don't have the, the fast enough internet for these tools. You might find yourself having to reimburse or upgrade some of your employees' internet for them in order for them to work successfully so that they're not missing and unable to hear calls clearly. But yeah, these video tools are important. And also, don't assume your employees actually know how to get on these tools as well. You and I both experience employees who have a difficult time you know, uh, troubleshooting Zoom or go to meeting or Skype when it's not working, and mm-hmm. so you need to make sure you well, equip yeah. them on how to do it. And that's yeah. that's a that's a mindset too. Is some people just want to figure it out and they will, and some people say, "Oh, this is not working. I can't get in." <laughs> you know, I I can't log into my zero. Like, <laughs> where is it? Like, zero's not working on my computer at home. I'm gonna have to go back into the office. I've I've heard that before too. <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. So, That's yeah, there's a, the, uh, anybody that can't log into a cloud tool, there's a bigger issue going on, and then they hit a wall. Okay, well, can't do this. Gonna... Right. And do they know who to contact? Is it you as the business owner, the firm owner? Is it an IT person? Is it a core resource at the firm that's taken upon themselves to be the IT person? Do you have an outsourced IT company that has usernames and passwords and credentialing and remote troubleshooting access to all the laptops of your employees. For a lot of firms, this is a new idea because they've been so server-based in an office on a desktop with desktop-based email. This whole idea of going pure cloud is very challenging. So they got to think through that implication. And baby steps too. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a management infrastructure more or less is is making sure that system is fail-safe if you're hybrid, remote, or you know, you're going to want to make sure that they know where to go. Um, this this interesting point, brainstorming collaboration tools. This is not even something that I've I've dove into is the Miro boards or Lucid Spark. You know, my te- 
tell me about how you do this at, at your firm, like workshopping ideas and strategies. Yeah, we use we use Miro. We've used other tools that um, allow us to share whiteboards or share virtual whiteboards, and you know draw workflow or pictures or whatever. We also um, have used Trello to follow a common you know group schedule through an agenda or through a meeting, um, and keep track of our action items and lists. So the the traction model actually helps with a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but these are the tools, Miro, LucidFark, MindMaster, that helps you really collaborate online effectively. I still think we're, there's a lot, a long way to go around some of these collaboration tools because it's a matter of us getting used to using them. We're more used to the in the boardroom physically whiteboard us collaboration. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think most companies and most firms are not used to the, okay, let's all get our, take our mouse and move the cursor around not get distracted by the other cursors moving around brainstorm your ideas move create your your work well, we all want to write something too and, and immediately in my mind i think if mirror works on an ipad and i can use my pencil on the ipad then i feel like i'm writing on a whiteboard you know it's more or less yep that's kind of where my head goes is am i drawing on this board am i drawing it or am i doing it with my mouse and, and i don't even know where to go with those things so I haven't even gotten my head around that. That's why I thought that was interesting. We've got the organizational tools here. That's more or less your online bookings, your mm -hmm. cloud document storage. All firms need this if they are thinking about going remote because you're not always going to have that front office archetype to do your scheduling for you. You know, right. if, if you're going to be remote, it gets even more difficult for somebody to be remote to say, okay, now they're going to set, you can't just transfer a phone call. You're going to have, this shared schedule, shared calendar, and using things like Calendly really make that part of it effortless too. Traditionally speaking, I've always had a way to just send somebody a calendar link, and I'm surprised at how many people don't use that yet. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there's still this human element around scheduling that people in like or enjoy, or maybe just put themselves through that pain. The calendaring I find to be very, very interesting when when especially if it's a very important person that i want to meet with i find it rude when somebody says hey just book something on my calendar for example we want to meet with somebody really important or i introduce somebody that's really important to somebody else and they they that that person replies back with your books in the calendar this really important person's like you you expect them to book on your calendar they're the more important person you should wow. make it easy for them right that's what i feel like sometimes well, no, that's yeah, a good yeah, yeah. point because I don't like I usually the most important people I want to make it the easiest for them and I send them my calendar and and it, it works effortlessly because then on their end, they're in control and they're in control of scheduling that meeting. And if they don't, they don't. But, you know, 100 percent of the time they do and they do it on their time and they get their own reminders. So at least that's my mindset. I, I've I never seen anybody great. not schedule. Something. I've. Yeah, I've always taken the approach of, hey, if this is somebody important, I'm going to have my assistant call them or send them times that work and basically handhold that process to almost treat them like VIP. That's what I okay. think. Of. That's what I so think. Then, about. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And then, so from if you're trying to schedule something with me and you're sending me to a secretary, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is too much work. I've got to hear these three times that they're only available. Now I got to go against my calendar and figure out. That's, yeah, that's a different this, perspective. That's, so that's good. Just, 
yeah, yeah. That, that's just in my mind so that's good, i don't know yeah. they, we have different opinions on there but i think they're both more or less we're trying to give a vip experience to whoever yes. we're, we want to book and in our if whatever that is and i think anybody is going to appreciate either one because you're not just fumbling around on another phone call and wasting both people's times so that's that's right. the way i look at it and then doc, document storage that's a huge oh, thing yeah. and there isn't one size fits all with document storage i think they're all slightly different they all have their own little you know, we talk about this a lot on some of the episodes, yeah. you know. Where yeah, if some people use Box, some people use Google, OneDrive, Dropbox, ShareFile. I mean, there's so many people use. It's pretty amazing. Some people use a different one internally versus the one they use for their clients. It's it's very, very interesting. We do, too. We, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we have some stuff in Google Drive because it's just easier to share. Yeah. You know, and then we've got some stuff we did used to have. We had a Dropbox, we had a box, we had Google Drive, <laughs> we had our file cabinet, we had real file cabinets. It was all over the place. And OneDrive, we had that too. And you have ShareFile. Now it's just ShareFile for us. So practice management workflow tools, carbon for us. And that is more or less a life changer. Our most recent episode was with Ian from Carbon and our Carbon magazines here. A lot of the workflow tools I think are going to solve a lot of your firm's problems. You guys use profit sense or financial sense, right? Yeah, we've been using financial sense and we've been making a slow transition to the Lysio carbon combo. Ooh, that's yeah. going to be exciting to hear. Yeah, I'm going to add the former, the, the former to that combo some point next year. And I think that I'm excited about both sides of that because you've got your back office, you got your front office. And it streamlines things with clients and with the team. Everybody's on the same page when things are in carbon. You can see your workflows. You, you know where things are going to go. You know where they've been. You know where they're at. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I know that it, that's one of the most important things in all of this. But people have got that under control. Security tools I'm interested in. Do you guys, what do you use for, let's say, password management? LastPass. Same with us. Yeah. yeah. LastPass. LastPass um, is, is the king. They, they talk about a tool called Okta. Okta is a secure front door through which you can access the rest of your applications. That's interesting. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. Um, yeah, I, I would be interested to see a little bit more about that one day. So maybe we can find some, some guests that's using Okta and talk to us about that. Support infrastructure. This is where my heart is, right? This is where, you know, the culture and strengthening these outside of work, it's a really isolating experience if you're working remotely. You're at right. home all day, you're alone, but you're you're working. Like, you know, so what you know, where, where do we start here? This is this is a big deal, right? Right. Yeah, no, this is this is really, really important um in regards to the support infrastructure. You want to create the environment of connection. You want to create regular rhythms of accountability. You want to be able to communicate what's happening with the company. And I love the get to know you sessions. We've used Donut in the past. I actually have a weekly coffee with the CEO. It's it's my version of a weekly donut. <laughs> and sometimes I have a donut during that time. Yeah. But uh, I think that's great. Uh, and then yeah. having everybody on camera, seeing people smiling faces. Something I did, you know, I do regularly is I reach out to employees that it, whether they report to me or not, I'll reach out to them with a message, just ask them how they're doing. You know, just uh, it's really important that I, I check in with people and, and get a pulse of how people are doing and how things are going. And so I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've talked about just kind of keeping things on, on somewhat of a cadence to do this because you could easily fall off and say, 
for us, we do these together days. And sometimes it gets boring. It's sometimes nobody's really saying anything. And I've said, all right, should we not do this anymore? Like, is this really useful? And a lot of them came back to say, actually, it is. Mm. We do need that interaction and we do need to see each other, even though maybe it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. So then we started introducing <laughs> games again. You know, it's like at first we thought nobody was interested in playing the Jackbox games and those. Then once we started them back, everybody's really excited to play again. So it's more or less team bonding. There's, you know, there's something to be said about that. And if you stop doing it, people can get more and more into it, more or less just think everything's about work. So you got to make space for togetherness. A happy team is a productive team, no matter where they're set up, right? (laughs) That starts at the top. You've got to be happy. I find that usually if I'm I'm in a poor mood, everybody seems to be in a bad mood around me. And I don't know if that's because poor moods are more or less contagious and happiness is contagious too. So it's a good, good article. Yeah. Thanks God.